Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Mind Body Mastery Podcast. I am your host, Caitlin Michaels, and thank you so much for being here with me today. I have a very personal episode to share with you guys, so I hope that's okay. But first, I just want to send a little reminder to rate and review on iTunes if you have an iDevice. And um, if you don't have an iDevice and you have any um, questions or um, moments or victories or challenges that you want to share, then you can head on over to our private Facebook group, Mind Body Masters, where I try to chime in as often as possible. And so, uh, yeah, today's episode was inspired by my own life this week, or rather it was triggered from within me by something that happened. And after this thing happened, I was really flooded with all kinds of wonderful TMS musings. And so I knew I had to really craft an episode around this experience and share it with you guys. So I was emotionally triggered this week. And for those of you unfamiliar with the current vernacular, a trigger is a situation in our lives that happens to stir up some really deep emotions, or it kind of creates this visceral reaction within us. Um, And it could be triggered by a comment or someone's behavior or someone's actions towards you. Um, So it's often an interpersonal thing that occurs, but it can also be a place or an event. Like I got triggered emotionally when I took my new dog to a doggy swimming pool that we used to take our old dog to towards the end of her life. And, um, and once I pulled into the parking lot, it's like I started crying and I did not expect it, but it triggered some really deep, um, grief emotions within me. So it doesn't have to be, uh, a person, but it usually is a person that triggers us. And so what a trigger does is it brings up our wounding and it brings to the surface all of these old emotions. And so when we are unconscious about our triggers, we end up getting into this blame and shame cycle, right? And it's something that we all do and it's a way that we can protect ourselves from feeling this old, old way that we don't want to feel again. And we all have triggers because we were all children at one time or another. And our triggers generally stem from childhood. And so in today's episode, I want to talk about why getting triggered is actually a really good thing rather than something that we should be avoiding. Triggers are one of the greatest ways to know that there are some deep emotions that are coming up to be felt and seen. And whomever or whatever is triggering us is actually this beautiful angel in disguise in our show of life. And this angel is helping us to revisit and heal an old wound of ours. And, you know, within the TMS community, it's really interesting because it's like some of us who have healed, some of us who have been doing all of this inner work, we've been digging into our shadows, we're doing our best to face our fears and live life as normal human beings. We've been taking responsibility for the states of our minds and bodies. And a lot of us know that we have the power to choose our reactions 
to whatever life is serving us. We can either choose uh, an empowered response to life or we can choose a reactive victim response. And so what's interesting to me is how even despite all of this inner work, one day life will come for you. (laughs) It's going to get (laughs) you. And you'll have this moment or this comment or this interaction or whatever, and it will trigger the hell out of you. And so before I get into what happened, I just want to share a little backstory. Before I started this podcast, there was a part of me that knew that there would be some level of criticism that I would receive about my work. I feel like computers and cars have this tendency to make people feel really comfortable in unleashing their unsolicited opinions and criticism. And this is exactly why I started a podcast and not a YouTube channel. Because when it's just your voice and your message on the other end, you kind of remove one of the easiest targets for criticism, which is your face, your body, or some other visual characteristic. And I just wasn't ready for that yet. I have uh, a long history of, of self-hatred and self-criticism and not liking the way that I look. And so I just had so much anxiety around putting myself on YouTube. Now it's actually a goal of mine, and I think I will get there one day. Um, but for now, I'm still podcasting. And so with podcasting, it's like all you have to go on is this disembodied voice and the message that's underneath that voice. And so those are the only two variables that are even vulnerable to attack. And so my trigger came in the form of a Facebook comment. And I'll start by saying that this person's comment wasn't even all that bad, but that's the nature of triggers. It could be some innocent comment made by someone that suddenly brings up all your darkness. And so Um, what I noticed within myself after reading the comment was really fascinating to me. And so last week I published my interview with Nicole Sachs and I received all sorts of wonderful love and support as usual from my most beloved listeners. And I mean, throughout the whole history of this podcast, I have received way more love than criticism. And if you have been one of them, If you've offered your love and support in any way, I am so, so grateful. And so after this episode aired, one of you was kind enough to share it on a social media platform. And I saw the post pretty quickly after it was posted and saw a couple of wonderful comments saying like, oh, I love Nicole and Caitlin or what an insightful podcast. And then there was this other comment and it went like this. Caitlin Michaels has great content, but I can't seem to get past the uplilt in her voice. Okay, so not bad, right? And when I saw this comment, my initial reaction was honestly confusion. I, in full disclosure, googled uplilt because I'd never heard it said out loud or in a sentence before. You know, I kind of knew what it probably meant and just confirmed that. And in my own mind, in my own head, I feel like my, my speaking voice is pretty normal, aside from maybe a Wisconsin accent that, 
that sneaks in every once in a while. And so after this initial wave of confusion, I, I noticed this reaction within me that was a little more visceral. And it was like this sinking feeling in my stomach. Oh, listen to my uplilty cat. Jax, your uplilt is crazy. And um, so then, yeah, after this initial kind of confusion, it was like this, this just gut emptiness that I, that I noticed. And so I took a few deep breaths and I said, you know what? I'm going to just like this comment. I'm going to hit like, and I'm going to just let her know that I hear you. I take this as a piece of constructive criticism that maybe I could learn from and all that stuff. And, and so I, of course, called my husband, told him about it. I called my mom, all that stuff. And, and I was like, oh, you know, it's fine, whatever. And what I noticed within me was I just kept playing it over in my mind. And then I hopped into a session with a patient. And so I kind of forgot about it for an hour. And then afterwards, I checked back in on the thread. And some wonderful human being chimed in to say, I actually really love her voice. And I sometimes just put it on in the background to soothe me. And I was like, oh, thanks, man. That's really awesome. Thanks for coming to my defense here. That's really nice of you. Um, but then the commenter chimed in again to elaborate. And they said, I love Nicole's voice and message. Caitlin has a good message, but the song song voice is a bit much for me. I will still listen to it because I love Nicole's words. Okay. And um, after that comment, oh, what I noticed within me was all of this little Katie wounding. And after I kind of sat inside of that feeling for a while, I realized what was happening. I was getting triggered. And what was being triggered in me was some really old bullying wounds. It triggered my not good enough wounds, my imperfect wounds that all came about from just getting teased in my childhood for, I used to get teased for my body. Mostly I would get called fat when I was probably six years old. Um, and so I felt like I was all of a sudden 10 years old again. And it was just this visceral feeling within my body more than anything else. And I noticed my mind waffling between certain thoughts, like my goodness, what value did, did that add to the post? Or why would you feel the need to share that? And maybe I should work on my intonation. Do I need a vocal coach? Should I try speaking more monotone? And did she mean sing song or song song? And like I said, it's not like this comment is all that bad. But what I did notice was that it stirred this, this stuff within me that I had considered to be healed. And over the last few years, I've been doing a lot of inner work. I've been working on this little girl who felt wounded. And I honestly have felt more comfortable in my own skin over the last year or two than I have ever felt in my body and mind. And so I feel like one thing that this um, experience made me notice was that we're never really done with this work, with this inner work. 
And life will always give you new opportunities to meet up with your triggers as a way to help you move through them. And it was funny because right after, you know, these feelings were coming up in me, I was like, you know what, I'm going to take the dog for a walk. And so I took Barry for a walk. And as we were walking down this one street, there's like a forest on the other side of the street. And there was this bird really close by that was really loud. And it was singing just a single note over and over and over again. And I had this thought bubble up that was like, gee, I think I prefer more song songy birds. And I had a follow-up thought to that that said, my goodness, we all have our own unique, beautiful song to offer this world. And I hope to God that you don't stifle your song just because one person or 10 people or a thousand people happen to not like it. Part of putting yourself out in the world is going to guarantee that you're going to get someone disliking you for whatever silly reason. And when you dare to create, when you dare to put yourself out there, it's just part of it. And if you do put yourself out there and you do run into this, just remember that none of it has anything to do with you. And if it did, it would mean that everybody would be in agreement about your message or your tone or your art not being good enough. And as we know with art in general, that just doesn't happen. There's always going to be somebody that you resonate with. There's always going to be someone that you touch. And so I want to thank this person. Thank you, person, for offering me this opportunity to work through some of my really deep insecurity that I obviously still have lurking inside of my emotional basement. Um, A funny side note, later on, I texted my husband um, because I remembered, I was like, we haven't gone on a date in a really long time. So I texted him and I was like, I was like, do you want to go on a romantic date with me tomorrow? To which he replied, I'd like that. And then I replied, obviously still working through this. I said, even with my song, song voice, (laughs) to which he replied, no talking. So all of this got me thinking about triggers in general and about how the last several years on the internet has been this new era of trigger warnings on social media. And we kind of live in this culture of people trying to be really sensitive all the time to help people avoid things or subjects that bring up old wounding. And I was totally on board with this. At one time, maybe eight years ago, I ran a pretty popular blog. And anytime I posted sensitive material or sensitive content or graphic content, I would definitely put a trigger warning at the, at the top of the post. And nowadays, having gone through what I have gone through and, and assisting others and helping them transform their lives by meeting their circumstances head on, I really see triggers through a different lens. I believe that the way we can truly heal, the way that we can truly transcend our triggers is through experiencing them as boldly and safely as we can. 
with mind body work, a trigger could even be something physical and the treatment would be the same. So you could get triggered into pain or symptoms through either bending over or sitting in a chair or exercise in general or stress or anxiety or a relationship or peanut butter or whatever the trigger is. Any one thing can become a trigger for physical symptoms, especially if we had a painful or feel fearful experience with it in the past. Dr. Sarno recognized this as a conditioned response, and the way to overcome these conditioned responses is to do the triggering activity, starting slowly if you want to, or just diving head in. Either way, when you face your trigger, you're showing your brain that that activity is no longer perceived by you as dangerous, which allows you to heal that trigger and resolve it. Another trigger example, my dog. He's highly triggered by other dogs. He didn't used to be, this is new. His hair stands up, he pulls, he snarls, he growls. And I know that the only way through this is by slow, safe, gradual exposure to other dogs, which is a lot of work. And I don't know how far we'll get on that, but I will try. And so to give you guys kind of this clearer picture of potential emotional triggers that could be a part of your mind-body landscape, I'm going to list off a few of the most common ones. And then I'm going to talk about the unconscious defense mechanisms that we generally use to bypass them. And when we do that unconsciously, we really um, kind of avoid the healing of the trigger. So common triggers include rejection, and this could be rejection by our parents, by lovers, by our peers, abandonment or the threat of abandonment by somebody you care about, helplessness over painful situations, someone discounting you or ignoring you, people seeming unavailable to you, being on the receiving end of a disapproving look, getting blamed or shamed, someone who might be judgmental or critical of you, a person who seems to be too busy to make time for you, someone lying to you, someone um, trying to control you, Someone not appearing to be happy to see you. Someone being needy or someone trying to smother you or keep you close. And so just notice, did any of these stand out as potential triggers for you? Do you feel like if one of these situations were to happen, that it would stir a lot of emotion within you? And if so then now you have some beautiful awareness going on and you have a kind of clearer sense of what wounds you still carry that might need some healing. Our emotional imprinting generally happens really early on in life, like from age zero to seven. So it's often really helpful to ask yourself the question as you're being triggered, Ask yourself the question, why is this situation so deeply troubling to me? 
And then get curious and ask yourself, what is my youngest memory of this kind of situation or the energy of this situation? What is my earliest memory of this happening to me or through me? And so when we're unaware that we are being triggered, our default self-protection strategy is to go into unconscious behavior as a way to avoid feeling like we did as a child. So now you can be really mindful of this by noticing, did this situation trigger some knee-jerk reactions within me? Am I reacting with disproportionate anger or neediness? Did I suddenly go into people-pleasing mode? Or did I just shut down from another person or put walls up around myself? Am I currently blaming someone else for my pain? Am I wanting to turn to numbing strategies or addictions? And just be mindful. When these reactive states show up, it's again a signal that this old wound is being triggered. And then with that awareness, it is an opportunity to be honest with yourself. It's an opportunity to bring in some self-compassion and some loving kindness to the one inside of us who feels wounded still. And that, my friends, is how we transcend these wounds, by getting curious, by getting compassionate, and becoming aware of what old stuff this is bringing up for us. And so if you relate to any of the defense mechanisms, are you able to see or notice that when you get defensive, when you get angry, when you react in a way that blames someone else, that the pain doesn't go away just because you tried to avoid it with that. And sometimes when we succumb to those defense mechanisms, we might even end up in more pain. And so I encourage you just to be very honest with yourself about your own triggers. And please, without judgment, all of us have triggers and all of our triggers are attached to really old wounding. And it's, I like to see it as like uh, a survival mechanism created by our younger self. And so self-compassion is really the key here. And like with all my recommendations on this podcast, it's all about just bringing the light of awareness to those tender places. And that is how we transcend a painful past. And that's how we can really just see how innocent all of our reactions really are. And so one more example, let's say you have a core wound of abandonment. Maybe you lost an important caretaker really early on. Maybe a parent passed away or maybe you were adopted or, or maybe dad left. And it's likely that one of your biggest triggers now is the threat of being left again, the threat of being alone. And so in life, when that threat arises or when that abandonment wound gets triggered, it will feel particularly painful. It will feel visceral. It will feel like part of you is being gutted. And it can trigger a lot of emotions that come along with the wound and it can trigger pain in place of those emotions if we have been really good at repressing. And so it's really common then to identify with the thoughts that are rustled up 
by the abandonment wound. And those thoughts often are, I'm unworthy, I'm unlovable, I'm alone in the world. And all of those old feelings come up. And if we are unconscious about the fact that we were just triggered, we then automatically believe the thoughts that are coming up in the triggering of these deep wounds. We believe that we are unworthy. We believe that we are once again unlovable. And so I believe that learning to sit with these triggers and learning to bring our conscious awareness to them is the way through them. Allowing yourself to feel whatever emotional pain that it's bringing up for you getting curious and letting it take you over for a while, surrendering to it, feeling into the body, feeling what sensations arise with this. And then get interested in, in where this might come from. Because no one else can heal this for you but you. And when we are at the mercy of our triggers, when we're unaware of them, we stay in the unconscious realm. And in this unconsciousness, we tend to blame something or someone external for hurting us, for leaving, for leaving us or for not meeting our expectations, when really what is happening is that we are being triggered. And the way through this painful feeling is to feel it with our awareness, with our presence, with our love. Get curious how old is this? How old is the one who feels that life is unfair right now? How old is the wounded one within, within me? And what does the situation remind me of? And then you could also ask one level deeper, what might I be afraid of losing right now? And for some of us, and I know this sounds really unlikely on the surface, but for some of us, Perhaps our most consistent companion has been our pain or our symptoms. And so it's worth just being open to this possibility and just ask yourself without judgment, what part of me might possibly be afraid to lose my symptoms? What part of me might be afraid of being abandoned by my pain? Is there some frightened part of me that is scared to lose this piece of my identity? Is there some part of me that is afraid to see what life looks like on the other side of pain? Is there some part of me that intertwines my identity with the symptoms themselves? And just really explore this openly and try to go deep and see what's there. And so... Bottom line, either way, is this. I say, be willing to get triggered. Maybe even get excited about your triggered moments. And if nothing else, just get curious and say to yourself, wow, this situation is stirring something deep within me. Let me listen to see what's happening underneath this. What does the wounded one inside of me need to feel safer within this experience? And as you explore that, just let your inner innocence or your inner child just know that you are safe to feel this now and that life has given you a gift 
life has given you an opportunity to work through what is still unresolved within you. Life has given you an opportunity to work through what is still attached to your survival mechanisms. Triggers are why I don't really think it's necessary for people to dig into their past over and over and over again, because life will always offer you more and more opportunities to heal these old wounds in the form of a new experience. So the moment life serves you something that you don't like, just be willing to think openly about it and get curious about what this situation symbolizes for you. What old wound is this bringing up? And know that you are safe to feel these things now. You are safe to explore these things and sit in the wounding. And the wounded child within you just needs to know that. And so let him or her know that, hey, this is bringing up some old stuff. How can I sit with this? How can I be with you? How can I insert my adult self into this situation to let my inner child know that, hey, we're okay now. And so with that, I say, let's get triggered. <laughs> um, and let me know what you think about this. Let me know, um, you know, what, what triggers you've seen, what triggers you felt. And, and let me know how it has been working through them. And so I hope this was helpful for you guys. I know this uh, was a helpful experience for me and I'm grateful. So all of my love to all of you and we will see you next week.